From the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engines. Impact's pre-owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impact's pre-owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and impactspreowned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines from the historic Gardner Avenue Studios of WSPG AM and FM in Spartanburg, South Carolina on a overcast day and good day to cut the grass, which is looks like my afternoon. Good morning there, Alan. Good morning, Perry. How you doing? Doing good, sir. Breakfast in Inman? Uh, breakfast in Bowling Springs this morning. What? Yes, sir. Mixing it up a little, huh? Mixing it up just a little bit. <laughs> good morning, Greg. Oh, good morning. Everything's going uh, good. Talking well, good. I don't think there's a lot of a whole lot of racing going on this week. Not much. I didn't kill too many trees last night getting ready, and there's there's so few races this weekend that uh, we're not even going to do a show next week. How's that? We're going to take a week off, but um, yeah, we uh, we do have a uh, a few races to uh, recap from last week, which is uh, probably the main reason we did this show. And you've got us a really good guest for eleven o'clock. We got us a good one. We got uh, one that would outrun all of them in that SXI deal if they had asked him. But we got uh, Handsome Harry again. Mr. September, Handsome Harry, the Skull Bandit. Man had a lot of nicknames. And that son of a gun, he can haul. He could always do good anywhere. But he he grew up, you know, around dirt tracks. And driving those cars, and the guy's muscular as heck. He looks like he's about 50 years old. Of course, he ain't, but about 56. But uh, uh, I think you off a little bit. I think I'm off a little bit on that. But uh, we're going to have him on at 11, and it's going to be interesting what he has to say. How about 81? 81. He's born in 1940. I'm looking right at it. He was born on... January the 10th, 1940, in Taylorsville, North Carolina. So he's 81, if my math he is He sure correct. don't look no 81. Well, he doesn't sound like it either. And uh, so we'll be talking to him at 11 o'clock. And good morning to you, Ronnie. Good morning. Hey, you, you were kind of tongue-in-cheek talking about the historic studios. But honestly, it really is. Oh, I mean, it, it goes back to the 40s, I think. Yeah. I, I know. I tried to list all the names, and maybe some of our listeners can fill in the blanks, and, and it could be researched, and it might even be on the Internet someplace, or Wikipedia. But when I was a little bitty boy rolling around in the dirt in the backyard, I, I used to have a, a a black station wagon that I pushed around that was the mobile unit. And they used to have a mobile unit for yeah. this radio station that if there was a wreck, they'd go cover it and... Bob Dean used to do it. I remember Bob Dean uh, was like the reporter. He also did a lot of Spartanburg Phillies games. And he things. did. And, uh, but that 
It was WJAN as far back as I can remember. Always 1400. Right. Then it well, was, this frequency has been through a number of iterations. Well, it was WJAN back as the farthest back I can remember. That would be in the late 50s. Then it was WTHE. Then it was W. Uh, that was THE for a long time. Then it was ZOO, which I thought was cool. Uh, WHCQ. I remember that was a country station. It right. was that for a long time. And uh, I'm not sure if it was anything after that or not because I went away for 25 years. But it's uh, it's WSPG now, and it's been right here in this building for I don't know how long. And really, the last locally produced radio station. In the county, I think. I know in the city. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But and uh, listen, when I came first came to work here about 10, 12 years ago, no, it was longer than that, about 15 years ago, it still had the original mixing board oh. in here. And it sat about two feet high above the uh, desk, uh-huh. and you couldn't see each other when you were working across yeah. the table from each other. Well... I didn't say it. It, it actually wasn't all that tongue in cheek. I, I was. Yeah. I meant it. This is a, this is historic for a Spartanburg, and uh, we'd uh, like to keep it going as long as we can. Spruce the place up a little bit, and uh, we'll see how that all turns out. Alan, y'all must be remembering about old Farmer Gray or somebody like that. No, no, he was on WSPA. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was at WSPA as an intern in 1970. I was an FM. And we had Farmer Gray was still there, and Jane Dalton had just left, and Nancy Welch had come in to take her place. And uh, Farmer Gray, as a matter of fact, lived on about a block away on the other end of Pineville Road from me. Um, uh, Gary Cooper, Werner Tate, all, I remember all those WSPA guys. I was actually on the old Farmer Gray show one Saturday morning when I was a kid. Farming? Actually, they had a citywide hula hoop contest <laughs> and i was the youngest person at four years old to make it to the uh finals well that, that's that's good for a radio that probably been better on television well that, it was it was, oh, was on his tv show oh i got you okay well uh um alan how did we do last week picking a winner uh i don't think nobody thought about that tin car coming through there <laughs> i tell you what he uh he started picking them off one at a time. And, you know, he said in an interview, I can't remember if it was before the race or something during the race that he had recorded before the race. But he said, that, you know, I got something for him. He said, just keep an eye on me. And uh, he started coming up through there and he passed them as he got to them and won it going away. He did. And everybody was hollering about that three car there at one time. Uh, but you can't blame that three car because... You see what it done to him? Oh yeah, that's he was he was almost eighty to a hundred points to the good. Now he's outside looking in as far as the points at his teammate. At his teammate. So now you're, uh, and we got what three more race, four more races, four more races, four more races left. So guess what? We could be looking at his teammate going out, Kevin Harvick going out, and you got Denny Hamlin, which is uh, our. Season leading points man, but does that guarantee him a spot? Well, not if you not if, not if, if you we, not win. If, not if you don't win. I, I'd like I'm like, I'd like to see this come up. We got six. We got uh, twelve winners right now, right? Twelve yep. different winners. Yep. And uh, 
So four races. 13, I think we got 13, 13, different, 13 different winners. All right. Because we've had two winners of the last, last two weeks. We had Kurt, Kurt Bush, and yep. now we've got Eric Amarillo. Well, if you throw another wild card in there at Watkins Glen, and um, I know the last race is Daytona, the, one bef- the last race of the regular season, and anybody could win at Daytona. It's kind of like Talladega. And well, I remember asking the question about week three, maybe four. Are we witnessing the changing of the guard? And it looks like more and more we possibly could be. Well, I don't know how long the changing of the guard might last. It might be uh, uh, they have a real problem with some of these sponsors like FedEx and uh, uh, Bush and Heiser Bush if Harvick and uh, Hamlin don't get in. Yep. So, uh, but I mean, it's it's possible, and you're looking at Michael McDowell being there, and Eric Alec Almarola, and and as far as Stuart Haas goes, Almarola, who would have who would have figured that would have been their uh, their only race that they've won so far this year? What wouldn't have been uh, Harvick or Kevin Harvick? So, but uh, you're looking at that, and you're just talking about that. Plus, we got Michigan, and Michigan to me is a toss up racetrack. I mean, you could look at the twenty one car. I mean, you Fords are tough up there at Michigan. Well, and, and you, you got, talk about somebody. I love Michigan. Yep. You talk about somebody starving for a win, and that's the 21 driver, Matt D. Benedetto, because he's. He got fired. Well, he's getting fired, and <laughs> with all the uh, switching around they did, they first they said um, Austin Sendrick was going to take the 21 car next year. But then when Keslowski went and bought into Roush. That left, uh, and he's going to drive the six, which knocks Ryan Newman out of a ride. Uh, they decided to put the Cendric, put Cendric in the two car, and um, Harrison Burton is going to drive the twenty-one and make that all Virginia team. And I, I need to research Burton. I mean, we talk about him every week, but what what has he done to to earn that ride? You know, nothing. Two seasons in in uh, two seasons in a. Uh, Xfinity, I think, maybe, and I, I guess he's won a race or two. I don't know, but I don't hardly blame uh, D. Benedetto for being a little uh, a little foul about it because he's actually done a pretty good job. I think he's got ten, uh, top tens the last couple of weeks, and he's in the mix. He, he's in the top 20. You know, Al Marola, is it the top 20 you have to be in or the top 30 to uh, – if you got whether you win a race or not, you got to be something in the point standings. And Almirola was twenty seventh, and come from out of nowhere. So I don't think it's the top twenty. I believe it's the top thirty, which leaves him a lot of a lot of wiggle room to uh, to let somebody win a race like Michael McDowell or uh, uh, who I just mentioned, Almirola. And yet, here's something else. They all, just about everybody I heard interviewing him after that race called him Eric. And it's Eric. It's not yeah, Eric. Yeah, did, didn't it? Yeah, everybody calls that. him Eric. Well, it's not Eric, Eric it's Eric. Right. And that's yeah. just that's just a little thing that... Uh, <laughs> all I call him is Mr. Winner. Well, he is a winner. And <laughs> uh, another thing that happened this week, I went up to, I know we talked a little bit last week, and I, what, uh, let me say right now the... Appreciated uh, Impacts having us up there last week. That was nice of them. I could have used the day a little bit more like today. That first hour or so out in the sun was pretty brutal. But uh, um, Impacts was nice enough to have us up there on their car lot. And 
treated us royally, and we just uh, thank them very much. And, uh, of course, we're in the Impex. Uh, they're our title sponsor of this show. So thanks to Impex for having us up, and hopefully we'll get to come back sometime. And um, but well, I'm sure we will, but they got some awful nice cars. They absolutely got nice cars and trucks, and I had a boat one time. But uh, the... Uh, we talked at length the good, uh, last week about uh, the passing of Alex Beam, who ran the Memory Lane Museum up in Mooresville. And I took a day off, which I really kind of couldn't afford to do for my work, and, and went to the went to the funeral on Thursday up in Mooresville, and stopped by on the way up and visited with my old friend Neil Castles, who was he's not confined to a wheelchair or anything, but he's not getting around too well. I don't believe he drives anymore, but you know Neil was a he was a pretty dadgum good racer. He was a 72 uh, Grand National East champion. The East champion. And um, it was a big big driver of Dodges. Mostly drove Dodges his whole career. Not all of it, but most of it. And was one of the winged warriors and finished second in the last dirt track race they ever ran, which I think they mentioned on a, one of those broadcasts uh, when they ran the dirt at Bristol. In fact, I know they did because everybody knows Richard Petty won it. So, uh, I think Mike Joy said, yeah, but who was second? And of course, the answer was Neil Castles. And I wrote a biography of Neil, um, which has been very successful. But we chatted for about an hour, and uh, it was good to see Neil with his uh, big picture of him hanging up on the wall behind him with his white Darlington Record Club coat on and a couple of plaques. He's got a lot of trophies. A man won a lot more races than you'd think he did. Uh, he won a lot of races and a lot of trophies because he ran sportsmen and and um, even open-wheel midgets and uh, sprint cars for years. Then I went on up to the funeral, and uh, so uh, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, the place was packed, and it was was touching to see his youngest daughter, Alex's youngest daughter, get up there and talk and everything, and it was very nice, very well put together with showing a lot of family slides, and it it was interesting that they had a big screen hanging over the top of the pulpit, you know, and the there in the church and this was actually in Cornelius, North Carolina and a lot of the photographs that they were showing on the slideshow of like the daughters getting married and the children getting christened and everything were right there on the very same pulpit you know that that uh, that the screen was hanging down from so um, as far as notables I, I really expected to see a lot more but I understand people got things to do and uh, but Bobby Allison was there and let me tell you something. I didn't see any anybody drive him there. I didn't see him get there. I didn't see him leave. He sat two rows in front of me. I sat with Bob Hissom, who's the director of the North Carolina uh, Hall of Fame. And um, and Bobby was sitting right in two rows in front of us. And, I mean, he, he, he gets around fine. And, you know, we had him on the show this year. And he's sharp as a tack. He sounds as good as he ever did. Um Pretty much so. I mean, better than he did a few years ago. Oh, you, yeah. He yeah. had that operation. and uh, But, I mean, he's he's independent. I mean, I didn't see I didn't see anybody taking care of him. He yeah. was definitely sitting by himself. I mean, he was on a row with other people, but he wasn't with anybody. And uh, I was just real proud that he was uh, on, his, on his own so much. Because I tell you what, driving up there in that area around Cornelius off I-77... Um, Tell you what, you had to have your head on a swivel because there's traffic everywhere. So he was—he uh, did a great job just being there. And so that's it for uh, my funeral, Greg. 
but Bobby, you know, he, he can he can recover from stuff. And you know, we had the bad wreck at Pocono, and they were doing a follow up thing on him a few years ago, and a, a stent or whatever they do for blood flow, but they replaced it, and it's like they hit the right spot, and it's like Bobby went. 15 years younger. I mean, he started remembering more stuff. He goes more places by himself. Uh, I'm trying to think how old he is. What is he, 80? He's just about 84, 85, something yeah, like that. that. But he's, some, uh, some of them are like that. He's getting around very well. Greg, let's take a break right now. We're about a couple minutes over. Uh, and we're going to come back and uh, talk to Alan and see what's happening around here locally. You're listening to Start Your Engines of Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership. Family-owned and operated, Jamie Nodine and his wife Rita are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. You won't get pressured at Impex Pre-Owned. You'll just get help finding your next car, truck, or SUV at a price you can afford. Start your search today at ImpexPreOwned.com. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. For scores, high school football schedules, articles, and everything going on here at the station, download our app today. Just search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and you'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free. Dan, welcome 
start your engines. And I uh, want to thank, speaking of Lanny, he just texted us in with some more information about these. What did he say there about the, some more call letters? Let me go back to it. Oh, okay. I thought you had it there. Let me go back to it real quick. While you're going back to it, I want to thank Lanny for all he does for us. In fact, I had to take him to Flashlight Drive last week because we I couldn't push play from Impact. So uh, yeah. he had to put it on the flash drive force and he maintains a budmore engineering website does our podcast and just does a real great job of covering our tracks behind us and making sure everything runs smooth what you got there ronnie okay lanny says 1400 was wkdy then wyyr when bobby dean and tony brooks owned it then wmmz back to wkdy and now to wspg tell you what that's uh Alphabet soup around here with all those. It absolutely is. It is. So uh, so thank you for that, Lanny, and all you do for us elsewhere. And uh, did we have any racing last week, uh, Alan? And what's going on this week? Well, we had one race going last week up at Harris Speedway. They had eight divisions racing up there. We're going to start off with the Pierce Stock Division. First place went to Nathan Showtime Pierce. Second went to Taylor Johnson. Third went to Ray Hudson. And the Thunder Bomber Futures, first place, went to Randy Cantrell. Second went to Tyler Abernathy. Third went to Tyler Harris. <coughs> Excuse me. In the Renegade Division, first place again, Josh Burgess. That bounty keeps going up on Josh Burgess, and nobody seems to want to collect all that money. If they want to, they just can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, is uh, he's pretty tough up there. He, that's, one of his, that's his backyard, as we call it. All right. Uh, second place went to Kyle Cooper. Uh, third went to Brandon Valentine. In the 602 Thunder Series, first place went to Michael Smith. Second went to John Price. Third went to Dale Timms. In the Front Wheel Watt Drive Division, first place went to Bradley Williams. Second went to Ricky Holcomb. Third went to Darren Norwood. In the Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Lloyd Dean Burgess. Second went to Tyler Geis. Third went to Ricky Bogan. Young Guns Division, first place went to Cade Presnell. Second went to Dale Bennett. Third went to Joseph Sink. In the Crate Sportsman Division, first place went to Chris Jackson. Second went to Jesse Wall. Third went to David Lucas. Uh, let's move up the road to Carolina Speedway last night. That's, That's in a, Gastonia. Yep, Gastonia. They had double points nights racing up there last night. Had seven divisions of racing going on. In the Pro Four, first place went to Sparks Parish. Second went to Jacob Kinder. And third went to Patrick Ains. In the Super Sportsman Division, first place went to Luke Edison. Second went to Josh Wilkerson. Third went to Bailey Lofton. In the Lightning Late Mall Division, first place went to Tim Bo Magnum. Second went to Brandon Dockery. Third went to Justin Norman. Thunder Bomber Division, first place went to Benji Knight. Second went to Jonathan Henson. Third went to Seth Outlaw. Good and, name. Yes, it is. And I want, I'll, I'll say it again here in just a second. In the Pure Street Division, not the same person. It might be his brother. I might not. And the first place division in Pure Street was Shorty Lacey. Third went to Dylan Lacey. And third went to Caden Outlaw. Yeah, there's got to be a bunch of outlaws up there. Yep. Hornets Division, first place went to Brandon Spangler. Second went to Austin Haskins. Third went to Chris Gardner. And the Thunder Sportsman Division, first place went to Bailey Paris. Second went to Todd Bolin. And 
a little bit from Cherokee Speedway last night. Cherokee Speedway is having the big $10,000 Crusoe Street Stock Division. This is the third annual Crusoe Street Stock Championships. Last night, they qualified, run heat races, but they also had some main events there. They had main events in the Pure Stock Division. First place went to T.J. Penfield. Second went to Nathan Pierce. Third went to Chris Davis. In the Thunder Bomber Future Division, first place went to Tyler Harris. Second went to Stetson Todd. Third went to Heath Williams. In the Front Wheel Drive Division, Young Guns. First place went to Kaylee Laws. Second went to J.J. Coggins. Third went to Dale Bennett. Now I'm going to give you some of the results from the six heat races that they had up there. They had over 50-something cars sign in for this big $10,000 race up there. Uh, first heat race, which is, uh, I'd say, first place, Andy Stewart. Second place, Damian Crump. Third place, Bo Niner. And the second heat race, first place went to Caleb McLaughlin. Second went to Ronnie Mosley. Third went to Steve Green. Heat number three, first place went to Earl Petty. Second went to... Jod Landers, and third went to Trent Ivey. In the heat number four, first place went to Ricky Green. Second went to Blake Pryor. Third went to Race McHahn. In heat number five, first place went to Jesse Rocket. Jesse messed around, found him a street stock car. <laughs> he usually runs in the open wheel modified division, but this being a $10,000 race, a lot of these boys have switched divisions. Mm-hmm. Second went to Dalton Peavy. Third went to Shannon Adams. In heat number six, first place went to Patrick Lyons. Second went to Keenan Vandegrift. And third went to Mitchell Duval. So what'd they do? Take the top three finishers? They, they take, uh, I think it's probably going to be top three out of each one of these heat races. About like Andy Stewart, he won the first heat race. So he gets to start on the front row of the main event. They're going to start these cars three wide. That ought to be and so. Second place heat winner was Caleb McLaughlin, so he starts right beside Andy Stewart. And heat number three was Earl Petty, so he gets to start on the outside of the front row. And then you go back to row number two, which is going to be the first place winner of heat number four, which is Ricky Green. Heat number five was Jesse Rockert. And heat number six was Patrick Lyons. So that's going to make up your second, kind of like Indianapolis. Yep. But then you're going to back up, then you're going to go up to Second place, which was in the first heat race, was Damian Crump. So he'll get to start seventh. I got some man, some man looked at me at breakfast table this morning. He said, that's too complicated. <laughs> I said, nah, it just kind of makes you know. Now, on the three wide start, how's that going to affect them since they always used to start at two wide? Now, you'd be surprised they'd done this last year. And I said, they'll never make it to the first turn three wide on dirt. Something about your driver starting three wide. I think they check up a little bit earlier. Kind of mm-hmm. like uh, Andy kind of racing. You know, at Indianapolis starting three wide. I think these boys kind of get it together. And they usually make the first three or four laps before they do have a caution. Well, I tell you what. If I was on the inside of the front row, I'd be, I'd have my foot in the firewall. I mean, I'd be... I'd make it easy for the ones behind me because I'd get out front and be gone if I could. But, but this is a big $10,000 race for the Christmas Street Stocks. What I like about it is our local drivers are in here. It ain't like you Lucas Oil Series where they grab the money and, and leave your state and say, bye, we'll, we, 
this lo- this money is going to stay here, and it's going to help our local boys, I say, continue racing, but... Or, po- or postpone the race from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tonight at Cherokee Speedway, they got the big $10,000 street stock. Also on hand will be the 604 late models. Also, stock four division paying $1,500. Charger late models, $300. Thunder Bombers, $600. Extreme four, $500. And Young Gun Divisions. The gates will open at Cherokee Speedway at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Driver's meeting will be at 645. Stands will be $20. The pits will be $35. Also, the boys, they'll also have a constellation race for these Crucial Street Stop boys. And they'll take and fill out the rest of the field in that this afternoon. So a lot of good racing going on up at Cherokee Speedway tonight. Also tonight at Harris. Speedway. That's up in uh, Harris, North Carolina, just right across the line there. They've got eight divisions racing at Harris Speedway. They got the 602 Thunder Series. They got the Renegade. Still got the bunny out on Josh Burgess. If anybody can go up there and collect that money. But Josh does have to be running at the end of the race. You cannot take him out. And Thunder Bomber Futures. They're going to pay $500 to win in that division tonight. So a lot, of more, a lot more money in this Thunder Bomber Futures. Tonight, uh, Thunder Bombers also running, Crate Sportsman, Pure Stock, Young Guns, Stock Front Wheel Drive, Yates at Harris Speedway will open up at 4 p.m. this afternoon, Drivers Meeting at 7 p.m., Pits are $30, Stands are 15 Kids 12 and under get in free. Also, we're going to start off, Traverse Rest Speedway, next Friday night, Traverse Rest has took last night off, so, uh, We'll go to Traverse Rest Speedway. They're going to have a, a big race over there. They're going to have the Thunder Bomber Classic Qualifier. So if you can win in Thunder Bomber Division, you automatically have your spot in the Thunder Bomber Classic at the end of the year. Okay. So uh, a lot of good racing going on around here. So uh, might as well get out here. Cool as it is today, uh, get you a good seat at Cherokee Speedway for a lot of good racing going on. If not there, go on up to Harris. As long as it stays dry. How's Mr. Wilson doing? Mr. Wilson doing good. Called me yesterday, and uh, he went over to watch practice on Thursday night and said there's a lot of good practicing going on over there. And I <laughs> called him back yesterday about 5 o'clock, and he was already in the stands at Cherokee Speedway. That's a, de- that's a devoted fan for you there. Um, you were mentioning something out in the lobby about Hendrick getting penalized, and I was just sort of fooling around here while you were doing your uh, recaps. Looks like they got fined a couple of times, and maybe Deb might more know more a little bit about this when she calls in in a few minutes, but uh, they got a $100,000 fine for using the wind tunnel too much. <laughs> they went over their allotment of trips to the wind tunnel. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if they've got their own wind tunnel. They've got everything else. They probably do. How would they know if you and if you've got four cars and then, I mean, how would they know you uh, you did that? Uh, and here's another thing they got fi- fined for. Now get this one. Pay attention here, Greg. Listen to this. I'm listening. This was a big fine. Um, NASCAR, and I'm just going to read it right off of this the this website. This is dated the 22nd, which was what a couple of days ago. NASCAR levy, levy L1 level one penalties against two Hendrick teams, July 24th. 
The numbers nine and 48 teams were found to be in violation of this blah, blah, blah section of the NASCAR rulebook, which covers engine assembly. Here's where you come in, Greg. The penalty report notes, when the long block is sealed, the engine must be used in the same vehicle number the next time it is used. Both teams were docked 25 points in drivers and owners standings. Uh, so, I don't... I knew that we had been told, Nelson used to tell us about using these engines and, and how they uh, uh, had so many restrictions when it comes back from the factory or whatever. It has to be put, it can only be used at certain tracks. And anyway, Alan Gustafson, um, the crew chief for Chase Elliott, said that uh, it was just a mistake that they put Elliott's engine in Bowman's car and Bowman's engine in Elliott's car. Uh, I mean... Why, I, why would that matter? I mean, they're both your cars and they're both your engines. I mean, how can they regulate? I mean, they have struck, they're strangling the sport with these crazy uh, restrictions, Greg. I mean, I, and there's more to it than that. But, I mean, just I don't even know what a sealed block means unless it's something like they can't touch it. Well, Perry, you know, like I say, it, it, it's, it's okay to eliminate uh, or, or, or designate uh, cubic inches, uh, certain things like that. But I've said all along, and, and me and me and you've talked about it, and, and Ronnie and Alan a lot. I don't like this crate motor stuff. You're supposed to be able to put your motor together, and if somebody wants to tear it down and and protest it, now they don't get need to keep it. They just measure it if things too big. You know, then you get the trophy and the pride money. Talk into the microphone, Greg. Yep. But some of this stuff they're coming up with, to me, the engine builder uh, from each team, that's like we saw in the Waddell last week, that that means that means a bunch that you've got uh, uh, cheap mechanics and and head engine builders and all that. You don't seem to see that no more. Now well, it's it, more like it, it, an it's engineering exercise. It's impossible to see it anymore. When the long block is sealed, the engine must be used in the same vehicle number the next time it is used. I mean, I, NASCAR, are they, do they, it's almost like they've got somebody assigned to each shop to make sure uh, the paperwork's right and everything. How would you know that? Well, I mean, I guess when you get to the track, they can tell. Your cars are serial numbered. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to take that car and get it up there and get it certified by NASCAR, and they... They got a serial number on them race cars, so they they can pretty much you know bend the engine and they got to match up every time. Yep, they got to match up just like you and know your classic cars. Everybody says, "Well, I got a classic car." Is it the same VIN number that's up on your dash matches to the same block number that's in that car? And if it does, that means that that car's more valuable, right? So uh, NASCAR's kind of moved it down to that. Keep you from who. Uh, Kyle Larson. Who wouldn't want his life too much? <laughs> I mean, I thought whenever I seen this kind of deal, I thought that, you know, it's kind of like in uh, football. Usually the first guy that throws the punch, he gets away with it. It's the second yeah. guy that gets the penalty. Well, well I thought I thought maybe Kyle Larson had this motor, and now we moved it over to somebody else. Yeah. Because, don't get me wrong, motors are just like race cars. I can build five of them, but you're only going to have one of them. That's better than all the rest of them. I don't care how you look at it. Yeah. 
that you, you can do that. And, and this is what upsets me about with the crate motor situation. You know, they're taking uh, the, the blocks that are available and trying to make them all equal. Well, we've been fooling with them things for a long, long time. And you can sit there and try to duplicate in the whole thing. But you'll see differences in the engines. And a lot of it has to do with just a little bit of, of something in the uh, the block as far as water cooling, the heads and stuff. And I think that's something that needs to be worked out within each individual shop and engine builder. You know, to, 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 to plug certain holes that gives more oil pressure over here and all this stuff. I don't like that crate motor, do Well, that sounds like there's a whole lot going on with motors that, that, it, that and just sounds weird. we got to take a break, Greg, and uh, hopefully when we get back, we'll be talking to Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Ricky's Drive-In West and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway are your go-to stops for chili dogs, cheeseburgers, and so much more. Right now, all combos are just $6, and all kids' meals are just $3. And it's easier than ever to take advantage of these deals with their convenient drive through Do you have a big appetite or several mouths to feed? Ask for the drive through special. Ten hot dogs, a large fry, and a gallon of tea for just $22.99. Ricky's Drive-In West on Blackstock Road and Little Rick's East on Asheville Highway. The drive through is open. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this, and you want it to sound like this, there's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality and visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. We are The home of the South Carolina Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. This is our now on FM at 98.3. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. 
Nice jumper. When your game's that hot, you need to cool down with an icy treat from McDonald's. Like any size Minute Maid, Pink Lemonade, or new Strawberry Watermelon Slushy for $2. Or any size new Frozen Coke, new Frozen Fanta Wild Cherry or Blue Raspberry, or McCafe Iced Coffee for $1.69. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Price of participation may vary. Limited time only. Time to combine and they'll offer a combo meal. Coca-Cola Fanta Minute Maid or Richard Trademarks, the Coca-Cola Company. Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. Good morning, Deb. How are you doing this beautiful Good Saturday morning? morning. Fine. Good morning. Fine, thank you. How well, about yourself? We're doing great down here in Spartanburg. A little overcast. I don't know if that's... I think some of that might be from the wildfires out west, from what I understood, because uh, it's... Uh, it kind of looks hazy and smoky everywhere. But, um, Deb, we were just sitting here talking, and I, maybe you can shed some light on this for us about the some of the fines that uh, Hendrick got this week, one of them for using the wind tunnel too much. Uh, do you have any idea how NASCAR can know if you've used the wind tunnel too much? It's, I don't know if they have their own or not, but that would uh, that that seems like something that would be pretty hard to monitor to me. Well, not really when you look at the number of wind tunnels that are available. And uh, there's not that many. And, of course, you know, everybody knows exactly how much time you're allowed in the wind tunnel. So I'm sure they have to log in and log out, you know. And uh, my guess is that's how they would know whether or not you had spent too much time in the wind tunnel. Do any of these teams have their own wind tunnel? Uh, no, they don't. Now, Penske, several years ago, built like a three-quarter scale model wind tunnel up there in Lakeside. But, uh, and I believe Gene Haas was probably involved in the building of the wind tunnel that's over here near the Concord Airport. But, uh, and he may possibly co-own that or own that, uh, but... You know, as far as any one team having a full-scale wind tunnel, they don't. Now, I know several years ago, back in the 1980s and all, the teams would go down to Marietta, Georgia. I believe Marietta is where the Lockheed wind tunnel is. Right. I've heard Greg and talk about that a lot. Use, yeah, well, uh, yeah, they would use that wind tunnel a lot. And then there was one up at the, um, at the GM plant that some of your GM teams would go to, but of course Lockheed was the closest. And then there's one in um, Mooresville on Mazeppa Road, which is near the Penske and um, Nema check shops and all. And then there's the one over here at the Concord Airport. But, you know, you also have to look and see which ones are rolling road wind tunnels because there's not that many rolling road wind tunnels either. Most of them are fixed road. I think the one here near the Concord Airport that Gene Haas was involved with in, in the construction is a rolling road wind tunnel. Now, that sounds like to me it must be rather than the car sitting there on uh, just the surface not with the wheels not turning. It would be like maybe on like a conveyor belt or something to, 
to uh, right. put it in my way correct. of thinking. Okay, well, mm-hmm. well, thank you. There's uh, there's more of them out there than I thought, and I guess they, they can monitor them though. And uh, they uh, they went too many times, so they got docked a hundred thousand dollars. What do you, do you know? Anything? Well, you know, in racing, and, and Greg will back me up on this. There's so many people involved that nobody's going to keep their mouth shut. And also, when you live in the Charlotte area. And if you're out eating at a restaurant, you don't know who's sitting at the next table. You don't know if no, the person sitting at the next table works at a race team. You don't know if they're married to somebody that works at a race team. And if they hear you talking, they're going to pass it along. So, you know, it's really hard to, to keep a secret in racing because somebody's always got to open their mouth and and be the like the, the no in the no, so to speak. Well, and it also creates a huge talent pool, which I guess is uh, maybe one thing that hurts Spartanburg from ever getting race shops again. I mean, we got we got Clement, <laughs> but that's all family. But, uh, you know, if uh, if you get out of a job or, or you're looking for a better job, I guess it's uh, a whole lot easier to do it in Charlotte, and that's going to that's gonna tend to make uh, any little uh, loose lips sink ships kind of thing. If you say something to the wrong person, it, I imagine it'll spread like wildfire. It does, and of course, you know, not only, I mean, when people think of Charlotte, of course, they still think primarily of NASCAR, but you've got NHRA teams here now, particularly up in the Mooresville area. You've got IMSA teams. Right. Uh, you know, Action Express Racing is located in Denver, North Carolina, on the west side of Lake Norman. So you've got, uh, and of course, Penske's IndyCar teams are here. So, well, Haas really, even has a Formula One team uh, we've been talking about a little bit right. in Canapolis. Yeah, it's located one mile from my house. Is that right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I wish they'd start passing some people on Sunday mornings. But anyway, uh, they uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's something, we, we've talked about that quite a bit with uh, hooking up with the Russians. Let, let me... Um, let me ask you one more thing. Now, Penske was... Um, I mean, uh, Hendrick was also fined for... Uh, I don't really understand this one too much either, other than they put the uh, uh, Chase Elliott's engine in Bowman's car and Bowman's engine in, in uh, Elliott's car and got a Doc 25 owner and driver points. And and I think some crew chiefs got suspended for Watkins Glen. Uh, they keep tabs on, uh, on which engine goes where and when it was used last and everything, right? Oh, yes. They're sealed and... Um you're required to use that engine in that car a designated number of times. And that's why you don't see a lot of burnout like you used to. It's because, you know, a crew chief will remind a driver, hey, don't do that. Can't burn out with this one. We got to use it next week or we got to do it, use it, you know, two more times or whatever. Right. Yeah, Deb, I, so, I, I've seen that going on. And that makes me in uh and daddy we we lost him a couple of years ago but me and my brother and stuff look at that and say why do you want to sit there and take a motor it's just one year race and go out there and just try to destroy it to make some smoke for some race fans and oh let me tell you greg that used to make my daddy so mad with him being a machinist he would get livid every time a driver would do a burnout because he said there's no sense in destroying good equipment that way. 
And I feel the same way. You know, I look at it. There's a lot of other ways you can do it, whether it was the way Kawiki did it with a reverse victory lap or Carl Edwards did it with a backflip. You know, but don't go out and destroy good machinery and and blow the tires off the cars and and all. You know, I think a lot of the fans did it because they don't know how detrimental it is to the engines. And, I mean, these people have put in such hard work on those engines and then some... Then to go out and destroy it like that, it's heartbreaking. Well, especially when you've done it before. I mean, I could almost understand if you'd never won a race or it was your first win or something, or it was a particularly big win, like got you in the playoffs. But, you know, somebody like, you know, like Kyle Busch that wins every week, you know, I, I just, it seems a little bit different with him. But l- let me ask you this now. Um, since they do that with the engines, they only have so many times they can run a certain engine i mean are they are do they have an you got four cars so i mean you've got to have like an allotment of so many engines and you can only use those engines so many times yes i mean well no see you've got when they look at the engines and they'll say okay this engine and nascar will seal it and all this engine's got to be used x number of times at at like three consecutive races or two or whatever, you know, they can freshen it, but they can't be building a whole new engine. Right. And, um, and so, of course, once that engine runs its required time, then you get a new engine. Yeah. Let me shift gears here for just a second and uh, uh, get your thoughts on a, really a, a surprise winner last week. I, I don't think he was surprised, Eric Almarola, but... Uh, a, a lot of fans were, and it was, I thought, a refreshing victory. It was, and it was a heck of a race. Yep. It was It was a really good race. That, if that wasn't the best, that's one of the best races I have seen at New Hampshire. And I have sat and endured some really boring, dull races at New Hampshire. Like Jeff Burton. Like the lead. one where Jeff Burton <laughs> yeah. led every lap. Yep, every all 300 laps. I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, it really has put a uh, tumultuous turn in the playoffs. And, and with Kyle Larson now closing in on Denny Hamlin for the point lead in the regular season championship, if we have another quote-unquote surprise winner, one that's not in the top 16 in the points right now, at Watkins Glen or Indy, Michigan, or even Daytona. I mean, really, that's kind of, I look at three of those four races are wild cards where anybody could win. Right. Because two of them are road courses, and then you've got, we know what happens at Daytona. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very conceivable that Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick might be on the outside looking in of the playoffs. Unbelievable. And, you know, I, I, I kind of hope it happens. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, it gives us something to talk about. If you'd host a talk show about auto racing, you need something to talk about. And I think that would be great. We got about four minutes. Let's get our picks in here. Uh, Deb, uh, for Watkins Glen, oh, can't we wait oh, to do that next week? I'm losing my mind. That's right. We we, <laughs> we don't have a show next week. Wait, we don't even have a show next week. So, uh, oh, you don't? No, uh, we're well, not. I was going to say if we were making our picks, I was going to pick Simone Biles to get the gold medal in gymnastics. <laughs>
I'm losing my mind. I'm just sitting here uh, looking at the time saying, you know, well, we got to get our picks in. So uh, yeah, I'm but, sorry. I was just getting ready to text Lanning for his picks. I, so. thought, I thought you were doing right. I mean, my well, brain was thinking along the same line. As well, you, that's because but. they get us confused all the time. When I was up at Cornelius at uh, uh, Alec Beam's funeral, everybody asked me, where's Greg? So, I mean, we're, we're like uh, uh, Abbott and Costello. You're doing it to him. Yep. Okay, well, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Ying and yang. Oh, no, that's okay. It's just I hadn't studied my, my statistics, but not that it's been helping me anyway. No, yeah. that was great. The way you came back right at me with, uh, what, we go pick for Watkins Glen two weeks early, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. That's habit. Yeah. That's habit. Well, so, uh, so what does Deb Williams do when she's got some time off? Are you getting any closer to going to... Uh, to, to, I want you to go to Nashville. I want to get a first-hand report on that IndyCar race over the bridge. Hey, I would love to go, but those rental car rates have got to come down. I'm not paying. I'm not paying seventy-eight dollars a day for a rental car. Oh well, uh, hmm. <laughs> that is that's pretty high. But you, uh, but you got a car. Can't you just drive your own car up there? Not with the uh, mileage it's got on it right now. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I don't want to get too personal here. So, what you say, Greg? Well, it, it's like Deb says. You know, as racing has gotten more and more popular in a lot of sports, they really get the gouging real bad on 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 uh, rental cars, motel rooms, uh, just all kind of things. Uh, well, the reason the rental car rates are so high is because the rental car companies sold off their fleet during the pandemic. And now they can't get new cars to replace because of the microchip shortage. So there's a shortage of rental cars. So that's the reason that price has gone up. I mean, it's even more ridiculous than Hawaii and a lot of other places. Yeah, well, I'll, start, I'll try to stay out of Hawaii for the foreseeable future. But, uh, you know, we rented a car not too long ago. And it, it must be getting worse by the week because I don't remember. We rented the car when we went to Florida. And uh, hauled a bunch of stuff down there. In fact, it was like a minivan, and it it wasn't all that bad at all. I just it's been so long since I had rented one. I guess I didn't know what the going rate was, but uh, yeah, seventy eight bucks a day. Uh, that that could add up pretty quickly if you're doing spending a week or something or a long weekend. Um, okay. Well, the last time I, I mean, I rented a lot of my cars before they jumped the rates, and what made me realize there was going to be an increase was I went to pick up a car for, um, might have been for Darlington, and the person said, it's a good thing you rented this when you did because the rates are going up next week. Yeah, they must be going through the roof uh, as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. I checked last week and it was still $78 a day. Wow. For a compact car. Mm. All right. Well, um, but, well, I'm keeping an eye on it. I still would love to go to Nashville for that IndyCar race. Yeah, I'll tell you that right now. That's one I'd love to see. Okay, well, we'll let you go, Deb. We got about 30 seconds to the top of the hour break, and then we're going to talk to Harry Gant. So uh, it's great having oh, you. Oh, that's great. Yep, Harry's a good one. And uh, yeah. it's great uh, great having you on the show, and thanks for all the information about the motors and the wind tunnels and everything. We appreciate it. And uh, talk oh, to you. Thank now, you. It's always a pleasure. We won't be talking next week unless you just want call me up and shoot the bull, but uh, we'll be back in business oh, okay. uh, the week after next. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. Have a good week. You too. Mm-hmm. That's Deb Williams, who, uh, what about her there, Ronnie? 
She's the smartest woman I know. She is. We're going to go back now and uh, do the top of the hour and come back and talk to uh, Harry Gant. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Here's what you need to know. Trending right now, The Last Dance. Overnight on their Instagram stories, disgruntled Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and newly disgruntled Packers receiver Devontae Adams each posted the same picture of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen that was used as the alternate cover image from last year's Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. The implication being this will be their final season together in Green Bay. Former longtime Packers front office executive andrew brandt tweeted this morning in response quote i am glad i don't work there anymore hashtag drama unquote at the olympics right now the u.s men's volleyball team is taking the first set of its opening match against france earlier today the u.s women's soccer team defeated new zealand by a final score of six to one i'm isaac lowenkron A few years back, when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. Hey everyone, this is Ben Ingram. Wake up weekday mornings with Tyler Sugart on Bump and Run from 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on Spartanburg's home for the Atlanta Braves, Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Tracing roots to 1832, Janney is a leading financial services firm dedicated to putting client needs first. With nearly 200 years of experience, we are committed to providing the best in financial and investment advice to help clients reach their personal or business goals. When you are seeking a long-term relationship built on trust and experience, financial advisor Trent Lancaster, located in the Spartanburg office, can provide seasoned advice, guidance, and support through every stage of your life and finances. We invite you to speak with Trent to explore ways in which he can help you and your future generations in planning for your future. Contact him by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jannie Montgomery Scott, LLC. Member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. This is Jeremy Clement, and you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. There's a new sandwich shop in downtown Spartanburg. It's the Sandwich Shop. Sam and Mitch are two local guys making roast beef, corned beef, and meatballs in-house. They pile it up high to build French dips, Rubens, and meatball subs. I know Sam and Mitch, and I can tell you, you're looking for a couple of ringers for your best ball foursome. I never slide. Look elsewhere. But if you're looking for great sandwiches, take advantage of the free parking at City Hall and visit the Sandwich Shop, 201 Wall Street, downtown Spartanburg. 
Winning takes a strong team effort, and you'll win when you trust the Kaposi Glass Mart team for your commercial and residential glass needs. Storefronts, auto glass, safety glass for heavy equipment, window and insulated glass, patio doors and plexiglass, mirrors, expert repair service. Plus, Kaposi Glass Mart provides 24-hour emergency board-up service. Call the Kaposi Glass Mart team today at 583-6200. That's 583-6200. Kaposi Glass Mart, serving the upstate since 1975. Kaposi Glass Mart, helping your team win. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods is now open at 2601 East Main Street, Suite 21 in Spartanburg. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods carries a vast selection of clothing for the whole family, as well as lighting, small appliances, kitchen gadgets, and much, much more. They have antiques, jewelry, formal gowns, lots of brand name items at really low prices. Jacobs Clothing and Home Goods reminds you to shop local and support local businesses in your community. Stop by and see what these local folks can do for you. Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., 2601 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Live from the Fox Sports 1498 3FM FM studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. <laughs> Impex Pre-Owned presents Start Your Engines. Find your next car, truck, or SUV at Impex Pre-Owned on Asheville Highway in Boiling Springs and ImpexPreOwned.com. Here's your racing team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Author and veteran motor sports journalist, Deb Williams. Local action from winning car builder and owner, Alan Hill. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. And now, here's your host, for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. And it is my great pleasure to welcome to the show the 1985 IROC champion, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers, two-time Southern 500 winner, winner of... Uh, 18 cup races, 21 Xfinity races, or Bush as it was known back then. Mr. Harry Gant. Good morning, Harry. Hey, good morning. Good to be on your show today. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Yep. Harry, it's always good to have you on the show. And uh, you've done so many things. And, uh, you know, we saw that, that dirt track deal, and the first thing that popped in my head, I said, well, you know, they got this guy and that guy on it and everything. So they put Harry Gant out there on that dirt. That, that'd be something else. And, uh, but like I say, I, I'm sure it didn't break your heart the fact that you didn't have to do it, but it would have made the, I think it'd I, been great to see him out I, there. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it'd been great for the sport uh, because Harry would have run real good and Harry would have won some of the segments. Uh, no, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, we, run a, we started on dirt, you know, in the Hickory Speedway in Greenville, South Carolina, was dirt there too. Columbia even was eating dirt, and then they got them all started paving them up there. But yeah, I started on dirt there for a couple of years, and I really enjoyed the dirt racing. It helps you a little bit when you went on to asphalt, you know, well, uh, you, car control. Yeah, you uh, um, you won the IRA <clears throat> championship in '85, as I mentioned, and then they've had this series on uh, six Saturday nights on CBS with. Uh, Sort of a, I mean, uh, it's not the same as the IROC, but it's like celebrity drivers and and uh, a, a, a series within a, a, a series. And, I mean, did you, it would have been great to have seen you out there in that. I think they could have done it without Paul Tracy and uh, Harry Gant would have looked a whole lot better. 
It'd be fun. <laughs> we need yep. Harry to go out there and take him out. Well, Paul Tracy <laughs> was uh, exactly playing too clean, and, and Harry could have handled that. So we just wouldn't have to yeah, go. The new drivers now, um, it's hard to keep up with the, all of them, you know, uh, uh, about half the field now is younger drivers than it was whenever I raced. Uh, you know, I come in right in the middle between the uh, Pearson, Petty, uh, Kale, uh, uh, Air, right in there, and and, and then uh, I caught in there, you know, just right Daryl, about the time Daryl and Earnhardt uh, Sr., we started the same time there. Then uh, a little bit later on, uh, then the other driver, Gordon, and all of them start coming in, and here, here we were the older drivers in. <laughs> Now, uh, looking at what I'm looking at here, it looks like you didn't win your first big cup race until uh, until you were like what 42 years old or something. Yeah, I started. Uh, I didn't race much cup. It, it goes on the record. Uh, you had like 400 some, but I uh, I got to be good friends with uh, people at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and uh, they'd asked me to come down and drive a car. Uh, first one I drove was Junior Dunleavy's. Ned Jarrett got me that deal. He was a promoter at Hickory Speedway. So that was 73, I think, in 1973. And I run the uh, October race at Charlotte. And uh, we finished. Uh, I think I might have finished uh, maybe 12th, 13th, somewhere in there. Then I'd go down and run Soapy Castle's car, a Dodge. <laughs> and then i run uh, Doc Faustina's Dodge Charger. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, so Cal was keeping it up there in Charlotte, and and they, I run uh, Jeff uh, uh, Hilton's car a couple times, and uh, I run something every year, like one race, either Charlotte or Daytona or somewhere like that. And uh, so I really didn't. And then I started driving with Jack Beebe there, yeah, uh, the coal miner, the coal miner seventy seven, and mm-hmm. I had a super year in the uh, sportsman division there in seventy seven, and. Uh, so we, uh, I'd won Charlotte and Daytona and the modified Firebird, and I'd won some more races in William Mason's car that year, the modified. Then I'd, um, I did, I'd, I ran in the Winston Cup race, I think, at Riverside, then the coal miner. We ran Charlotte in, uh, sixth, I think sixth at Atlanta. Blew the engine at Charlotte, and I think I could have won that race right there at the end. Bobby and Allison and Darrell were battling each other, but I, uh, I had a lot left behind them, and I was just waiting for like the last few laps, but the engine blew up and didn't get done. So, uh, and then we we didn't drive run many races there the coal miner. Then uh, he changed around and moved the shops and all up back up into Bluefield, West Virginia, and, and I, I found me a ride then with um, James Hilton. I run Bristol, a couple races him, and then I started driving for Jack Beebe, and. Uh, lot of part and then in 78 and we was running good we run a lot of seconds come close to winning i and remember then, uh, that yeah we sat on the pole set some track records even pocono and uh and then skull didn't come into play there until uh 81 well i was 41 years old then and when i got to drive and they did they could come in in april and then they was not going to run the short tracks you know so that rest of that year i, I was boring cars you know and and he borrowed the coal miner's car a couple times. <laughs> well, that's great <laughs> that by, you, yeah. you drove a, a, a Spartanburg County car then if you drove for James Hilton. So that's, uh, you know, we always try to promote our county here. And I didn't realize you'd driven for James. And you mentioned one other name just now. Um, I went up to uh, Alex Beam's funeral on 
Thursday up to Cornelius and stopped by and visited with Soapy Castles uh, for about an hour. And it was, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he's doing yeah, pretty I, good. I, I, I run, I run Soapy car, Soapy's car really quite a few times at Charlotte. Yeah. In fact, he had a Winston Cup car over there that uh, you know I think it belonged to. It was one of Junior's cars and uh, Junior and Associates there. You know, and it was one of their older cars, and they had a contest, uh, a vote contest back for somebody that hadn't run or did not run in Winston Cup, and to get the big chance special. Big so uh, chance special. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> we won that at Charlotte, and we went down to Soapy's and got that. Got that car ready, and you know, most of the time, Dane, uh, I run the uh, uh, Frisson's car one time at Charlotte. Uh, finished oh, too. No. <laughs> yeah. oh, finished no. 15th and it run all day. <laughs> well, that's another Spartanburg gentleman. Um, well, now, we like these people, but I, I never know he drove for James or Fraser. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I didn't either. Uh, I, I got to touch on this before we have to let you go. Uh, hopefully, you can talk a few more minutes with. Uh, we lost a great one a couple of weeks ago, and I know you probably ran thousands of miles with Jack Ingram. Can you tell us a little bit about Jack and uh, your relationship with him and maybe a story or something? Yeah, Jack, uh, uh, you know, he uh, he ran Asheville Speedway. And uh, what it was, in 1967, Ned Jarrett come to Hickory, and they paved the track in July of that year. And Asheville was already paved. And boy, I tell you, when they opened up to those boys from Asheville, it made it tough over at Hickory. You know, everybody there had been running dirt, and they'd opened him up, opened it up to a lot of drivers from Asheville. And Jack being one, and Bosco Lowe, you know, Robert Presley, and all of them, Bob Presley. But anyway, we uh, and I went to uh, I had a, a guy helping me, and then he had a tire business, recap uh, dirt track tires, and passenger cars uh so he was get the used winston cup tires and then he would go uh grind it off you know and cap it in a the big heavy peanut mud tread tire mm-hmm. so anyway uh, he started helping me like on dirt and then went to asphalt he uh, he would give me some of the tires that were pretty good from an old grand national they call it then uh racing uh winston cup went to winston cup later but they call it grand national right. and so that guy at Asheville called me uh, at Hickory. I was running them tires, and I took right off to the asphalt, though. And uh, I finished third, I think, the first night I run behind Jack and his brother, Tom. And then the next week, the same deal. But I was spinning. My car was spinning. I didn't know they had special number tires <laughs> to run. And so I was just smoking like drifting around the racetrack, you know. And so uh, after about the third run there, Tom Ingram, Jack's brother, he come to me and he said, you could beat me on this racetrack if you wouldn't be spinning them tires so much. And uh, so the next weekend, I just took it easy. I didn't stomp the throttle, and I, I finished second to Jack. And then the guy that promoted Asheville called me to come run that track up there. He's going to give me a $100 extra. <laughs> That's <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money back then. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I go to Asheville. He said, "I want you to come up here and do the same thing you've done at Hickory. I want them tires to smoke." <laughs> so I went up there, and uh, Jack come over there and he said, "Where in the world did you get these tires?" Fell uh, at home, he gives them to me free. He said, "These are Daytona t- tires, the number you know." Yeah. He said, "You need a T sixteen." And so we run the race that night, and I think I finished about third. Well, the next week, I run over at Hickory, and I think I finished second or third again. 
And then I went back to Asheville my second trip the very next week, and Jack come over there, and he said, you need to have a, a T-16 tire. Well, I had four. I'm going to run them on, we called it on the river at Asheville. Right. And so I had a flat tire on the left rear, and I didn't have a spare tire. So Jack, he come over there, and I borrowed the left rear tire from Jack, and it was it was the right number. I gave me four T-16s, and so I won the race that night then. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but we went through life together, really. We went around all over the country running, you know, Columbia on Thursday nights, and he didn't come up to Richmond much on Wednesday, and I was building houses. I, I couldn't, I never got, I just sent my car on. The feature didn't start most time with the heat races and all that, you know, and the hobby cars, and they, they didn't start till you know, 10 o'clock about this feature. So I could always get there, and if I didn't get there, somebody would always qualify my car because uh, I, I couldn't leave much before 5 o'clock and uh, go to Asheville and then down to Columbia. That's where we catch mostly and uh, up to uh, Richmond on Thursday night, that's, you didn't get home to daylight nearly there, and you wow. just went on to work, you know. So well, that's kind of, but Jack, going back to him, uh, I, 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 I tell you that he had a nice big crown up there. Um, it, Mike Hatton was Helton's up there, you know, and uh, Billy France, a whole deal. Uh, and I was really impressed, and I got to meet a lot of people, and it been a long time, but uh, Jack's funeral, and sure hate to see him. Yeah. He was doing pretty good, you know, and so, but yeah, we we just went all over the country together, and Jackie worked with me, and I did him. We didn't ever really have any fallouts. Yeah, I, I was a student at South Carolina um, in the early 70s, and I remember when they paved Columbia Speedway in 71, um, they had a, the first race they ever had there when they cut the ribbon was a, was a, a sportsman race, and you were there with Jack Ingram, and uh, Johnny Allen and Boston. Yeah. All those people were down there. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Johnny Allen. So he raced a lot of our big races, you know, around over the country too. I'd buy, and they had a lot of big drivers, you know, really good drivers. That Bob Bertram down in there in Alabama, man, he run good in Nashville. I remember him. There's a lot of names you could just keep on going through, you know, your history book. And, uh, but I was fortunate enough to be right in there with everybody, Bobby and Donnie. They were running, you know, Sportsman 2 then and all. With Winston Cup, and so it, uh, it it was my life career has been great, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, I know, and you were very popular. I mean, as nobody I know of, and I've been around on the periphery of racing, ever says anything bad about Harry Gant, and I I don't know how you could be much more popular than you were in that green number thirty three with uh, Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds and uh uh, we just appreciate so much you sparing some time for us on Saturday morning to come on the show and and um, and you come on every year and you sound great. You sound like you could hop in there and uh, and put <laughs> Paul Tracy through the fence in a heartbeat. Well, I try to work out every day, walk two miles every morning, stuff like that over the farm. I have and and I work over there a lot, so I try to stay in pretty good shape. It helps a lot. Work on cars a lot. Well, I, I I know one year we talked to you and you were taking your walk. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> most time I'm talking to somebody while I'm taking a walk on that telephone. <laughs> well, Harry, thank you so much for coming on the show, Greg. Uh, another yeah, great what, job you got us a, a right, yeah. this, this is kind of a final deal, but if you ever notice, and my brother always said, you know, the race drivers used to get out having the bubble goggles and their their faces this, and they'd wipe. The, you know, the grease yeah. off their face and the whole deal. But Harry'd get out of the car after winning a race, 
and he'd just take a rag and wipe his face off a little bit, and he was good to go. <laughs> um, right. Mean, it, it, and, it, well, thanks for letting me on the show, then, and I, I look forward to the next time. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on, you, Harry. Harry I, so much. Right. You're the best. We appreciate your uh, you're helping us out here. I just hate okay. you. You we'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you so much, Harry. So long. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you. Harry Gant, that's a good one. Good, another good one, Greg. Uh, he he is a good one, and uh, and we got the whole twenty minutes out of him. He didn't. Uh, when I got him, he said, "I'm getting ready to go eat, so I'm gonna have to go pretty quick." And, uh, twenty minutes is all we asked for. So I tell you what, let's take a break and come back, and uh, we got a pretty leisurely finish to the show here with two segments and uh, not a whole lot of statistics and uh, results to get to. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports fourteen hundred and ninety eight three FM. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Impex Pre-Owned is raising the bar in the car industry. Impex is a different kind of dealership, family-owned and operated. Jamie Nodine and his wife, Rita, are Boiling Springs natives and proud to be serving the Boiling Springs, Inman, and Spartanburg communities. Jamie handpicks every vehicle and posts the best prices up front at ImpexPreOwned.com. Find the car, truck, or SUV of your dreams at a price you can afford at Impex Pre-Owned. Asheville Highway, Boiling Springs. Don't just dream it, drive it at Impex Pre-Owned. The Fox Sports 1400 app is the best way to keep up with Spartanburg Sports Scene. Download it now by searching Fox Sports 1400, either at the Apple Store or via Google Play. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like RJ Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift jim and the staff at palmetto spirits will get it in your hands palmetto spirits located at the corner of reedville and anderson mill roads make phillips and long fuel chesney your source for propane in spartanburg county they offer propane for hot water heaters cooking and heat they can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season not only do they sell propane but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane if your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt, whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. Do you want a rundown house or a property with problem tenants? Did a relative leave you a house behind on maintenance and all the problems that go with it? If any of these things are true, Upstate Property Solutions can help. Upstate Property Solutions buys homes in any condition or circumstance. Foreclosures, condemned homes, mobile homes with or without land, it doesn't matter. We have a solution for you. The best part is we will pay you cash. So give us a call today at 256-0727 or visit UpstatePropertySolutions.com. Consultations are free.
gathered to watch them run the tracks and ovals throughout the South in towns both large and small. Some of those tracks have faded into memory. Here's Perry Allen Wood with another Silent Speedways of the South Minute. Promoted by ex-racer and businessman Joe Littlejohn, the half-mile red clay Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds in Spartanburg, South Carolina, hosted NASCAR Grand National Racing 22 times beginning in 1953 with all the greats racing there. The winners include Herb Thomas, Tim Flock, Marvin Panch, Jim Pascal, Ralph Moody, Speedy Thompson, Jack Smith, Cotton Owens twice, Lee and Richard Petty three times each, and Ned Jarrett six times. Wendell Scott ran his first Grand National race there in 1961. Dick Hutchison set the track record in 1965 at almost 71 miles an hour. And Elmo Langley won his first race in the last race held there on June 4th, 1966. Perhaps the wackiest happening took place on July 4th, 1953, when champion Tim Flock had his head run over while napping in the infield before the race, knocking him off the tour for six races in six weeks. And that's another Silent Speedway of America. Perry's book is available online. Visit McFarlandPub.com and type in Silent Speedways to place your order today. And I uh, thought we'd throw one of those in there. That's what I sounded like in about 2010. So, uh, but you're talking about sounding good. Harry sound 81 years old to you? Lord, no. He sounds a whole lot better than I do, and I'm a whole lot younger than that. <laughs> yeah, you're my age. You're a, yeah. young, you're a young thing. Kind of sound like him and Waddell Wilson need to get back together. I tell you what, these guys sound great. And uh, I didn't get a chance to say it, but he was talking about the history. And I, I mean, I'm getting ready to do the current stats and the uh, results and everything, but that to me is the main thing about this show is the history. I, I if I couldn't do the history, I wouldn't do the show, I'll tell you that. And as long as Greg can keep getting... That's the only thing about it. Our talent pool is getting older and older. Of course, I am too. But, you know, as uh, long as we get Johnny Rutherford, who's in his 80s, and Bobby Allison, who's in his 80s, and Harry Gant, and, and uh, Waddell, all the, they're all in their 80s. Except for Rex, and he's in his 90s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They ran a cup race last week that we've touched on, and the winner was Eric Almarola in the Smithfield Stewart Haas Racing Ford. Quite an upset. He came from 22nd starting position and 27th in the point standings. And uh, he actually was, I said he was pulling away. The way I remember it, Christopher Bell was hanging in there pretty tight. And with a few more laps, uh, it could have been a Christopher Bell win. But didn't last that long. And, um, uh, Real glad to see Eric win. He was very happy. Second was Christopher Bell. Third, Brad Keselowski finally had a decent race in a sharp-looking blue and black car. I like the way that thing looked. Joey Logano, his teammate, was fourth. Ryan Blaney, his teammate, was fifth. Uh, sixth was Kevin Harvick. Seventh, Kyle Larson. Eighth, Ross Chastain had another good race. Ninth, Alex Bowman with, uh, and of course, he and Larson, I guess, or he and... Uh, Chase Elliott had their engines mixed up and cost them some money and points. And Denny Hamlin is, uh, was 10th. Looking on down the line, uh, Matt Benedetto was 11th. And, of course, he's trying like heck to win a race to get in and have a place to land for next year. So we will uh, see how he is successful. And I, I hope he can win maybe at one of these wild card races like Deb was talking about. Well, you hadn't said nothing about the start of that race, Perry. What am I missing? The rain. Wiping out the 18 car. Oh, yeah. 
that was crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> let's let's get back down yeah. to this uh, deal. Uh, Let, let's talk about that. Well, you want to talk about this? Well, you know, I, told I mean, you. the pace car sitting down there in the first turn with the windshield wipers going. Do you think Kyle Busch was going to try to spin the pace car out once he got that car going back again? I mean, let's uh, let's talk about this. Well, well that, that was the worst case of me picking a guy and jinxing him <laughs> that I've had in the history of the show. To me, we've had uh, three instances where NASCAR has uh, dropped the much, ball. Uh, dropped the ball. You're right. Bristol, yep. Bristol Speedway, when it was dirt, trying to start double file restarts on the start with all the dust yep. and stuff. That everybody knows that dirt racing, uh, if you don't hold it at night, you get off a lot of dirt, and then boys couldn't see. And then you had the, the big road course out there where we had all the rain, and Martin Truitt's got run over. That was at Co- uh, Coda. Coda. Yeah. Uh, you know that. And let's, uh, I'm well, going to say. Uh, well, in my defense, as I told you, I was having to do some work for Wells Fargo, and I was listening to MRN. So I didn't see the, I still haven't even seen the wreck. But uh, from what they were saying on MRN, and they were keeping up with it pretty good, that all the drivers except uh, um, uh, a one or two were, were saying it's raining. You know, throw the caution, throw the caution. A lap before. A lap before, and they were just getting ready to do it, they claim, when um, uh, the first two cars piled into the fence. And it was, uh, I mean, like I said, I've, I heard it, I saw it on the radio, but it took out uh, Kyle Bush and... I know they said by the time they got the race started, finally, he was back in North Carolina already. So well, uh, I like the picture of uh, where the pace car driver was standing there looking at the back bumper of the pace car. Because Kyle went up there and hit the pace yeah. car. Well, <laughs> and, uh, he had it But coming. then NASCAR said, we're not going to find him. They, well, <laughs> how, can, how can you find a guy whenever you fail to drop the caution flag? Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was a, 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 a bad situation. And Truex actually... Had to do some uh, some pretty good repairs, but he did finish the race. Uh, I don't quite see what position he was in here, but uh, he finished 12th, which was, wasn't all that bad, really. He even got back on the lead lap. So, anyway, the playoff standings, Cal uh, Larson is leading with four wins. Thanks for bringing that up. That was, a, that was definitely needed to be talked about. Second is a tie, well, a tie with three wins between Martin Truex and Alex Bowman. Of course, they're separated by their stage points. Uh, fourth is Kyle Busch with two wins, with uh, Chase Elliott also with two. And then with one win apiece, we got a heck of a list here. In order, William Byron, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Brad Keselowski, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Michael McDonald, McDowell, and now uh, Eric Almarola, which leaves Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, and Tyler Reddick. And Tyler Reddick is... Five points to the good, and his teammate, Austin Dillon, is five points to the bad. And also in that mix uh, is um, Chris Boucher, Matt D. Benedetto, Ross Chastain. Um, Chastain, right? Yeah, Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace. So they're sort of on the outside looking in, and I tell you what, you get three more first-time winners, and it's... And it, <laughs> If it's not if it's not Hamlin, Harvick, and Reddick, there's going to be some and you got some disappointing sponsors. Capable, you got some there that's capable of doing it. That's oh, I, Ross Chastain. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he looks uh, awful fast after on that racetrack. Well, that's what I was hesitating there. I was making sure I didn't just read his name as a one race winner because he's had a couple of seconds, 
So uh, let's get to Xfinity, where they raced also at New Hampshire on last Saturday. And Christopher Bell was the winner there. Of course, he was driving Kyle Busch's number 54, which is uh, pretty much an automatic win. It seems like these days, just hop in that seat and um, you're going to do good things in it. The uh, second place was Justin Allgaier, third Daniel Hemrick, fourth Austin Sendrick. And if I can flip the page here, fifth was Harrison Burton, who, of course, is moving up to drive for Penske next year. Excuse me. Um, looking on down the line, Jeremy Clements had a pretty uninspirational race. He finished 15th. But the good thing about Jeremy, as I was telling Alan, uh, texting him during the race, um, the guy directly in front of him in the point standings, Michael Annette, had a leg um, issue, and he didn't race the race before, and then he didn't race the at New Hampshire because he had an operation on it. So the guy directly in front of uh, that I said, you know, it's going to be hard to catch him. Well, he caught him because he did, he missed two races in a row. And then the other guy that was right in front of Annette was Brandon Jones that drives that Toyota number 19 for Gibbs. He went out right off the bat with some kind of problem and finished, uh, I believe he was dead last. So that was a huge benefit to uh, to Jeremy Clemens. So even though he had a pretty lackluster 15th place finish, he moved up in the standings and actually solidified his position there. With uh, And he, he actually got a uh, finished 10th, so he got a stage point in the in the first stage. So it didn't look like such a hot race, and I'm looking here at it, uh, a hot race for Jeremy. Uh, but Brandon Jones finishing 38th, which was not last. It was a 40-car field. But it sure helped him out a lot. So the uh, Xfinity standings is uh, Austin Sendrick is first, Eric Almarola is second. Uh, no, excuse me. A.J. Allmendinger is second, 82 points behind. Daniel Hemrick is third, Justin Allgaier fourth, Harrison Burton fifth, Jeb Burton sixth, Justin Haley seventh, Noah Cragson eighth, Brandon Jones is ninth, and actually they've got Jeremy Clements tenth, but of course he's got a guy behind him, Miat Snyder, who is not ahead of him in points, but who has won a race, who is going to transfer to the playoffs. So that actually puts um, Jeremy in um, 11th. The He is looking at this only he's like 21 points behind Brandon Jones he didn't quite get past him but he sure caught up with him a good bit and he's got a pretty nice 25 point lead over Michael Annette and uh, Riley Herbst is even um, 50 points back so 15th every week's not going to cut it I don't think to to stay there because he's not going to luck out every week with having people ahead of him finish last or close to it or not race at all so that's a that's something that Jeremy's got to... He, he had that good race at Atlanta. He needs to pick it up and have another good one at Watkins Glen. I know he likes Watkins Glen because it's a road course. And they also got, uh, I believe, the Indianapolis road course coming up. And I'm not sure, but I think they probably... I don't know if they're running on the road course at Daytona or not. I'll have to look up, look that up. But anyway, we're pulling for Jeremy. We're going to keep up with him every week. We would have liked to have had him on the show this week and looked into it. He was on the Wednesday show on Open Mic, but I think he's uh, cruising the Bahamas right now with friends and family, and he deserves it. So uh, get ready because the big push is coming, Jeremy. Uh, let me back up here for a second. The, the Cup, 
Cup's next race, by the way, is to go bowling at the Glen um, on August the 8th, which is a, it's going to be like a big day in racing. That, that's a couple of weeks away, and a lot is going to happen. Um, that's 3 p.m. on uh, NBCSN, which will actually be the preliminary to the Indy race at Nashville. So that's just uh, that's two blockbusters right there in a row without having to change the channel. Xfinity's next race is the day before on August the 7th, and that'll be 4 p.m. on CNBC, which is a little bit different. And uh, right now, I didn't see where that race has a name. So The trucks run, uh, or didn't run. They don't run again until August the 7th, like everybody else. When they have the United Rental 176 at the Glen, and that'll be a 12.30 p.m. start, and all their races are on FS1. But it is the preliminary to the Xfinity race at 4 o'clock. So that's your two big races at Watkins Glen the Saturday, August 7th, a couple of weeks away. That point standing has John Hunter Nemechek first. Second is Ben Rhodes. Third, Austin Hill. Fourth, Todd Gilliland. Fifth, Zane Smith. Sixth, Matt Crafton. Seventh, Sheldon Creed. Eighth, Grant Enfinger. Ninth, Harson, Carson Hosevar. And tenth is Stuart Friesen. So... Trucks taking a couple of blue weeks off like the rest of NASCAR. And, of course, that's because I had jokingly said that NBC didn't have enough equipment and announcers to go around to uh, to do both the Olympics and NASCAR. Um, this obviously I don't think will happen next year because there won't be an Olympics next year. But I think this two-week break in the center of the season is a pretty good idea anyway if they can work it out somehow. But actually... Uh, People that know more about marketing and uh, network television and all that stuff inform me that uh, NBC doesn't want to compete against itself. Well, give you a little more time to be in the wind tunnel. <laughs> if you haven't, <laughs> you haven't used up your allotment. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but they know um, the they are going to be real busy when they get back starting in two weeks. Um, ARCA? They ran, and I think we told about it last week when Corey High moved Ty Gibbs out of the way. They've run 10 races, uh, and they're the only winners so far. Well, they're going to run tonight at the Iowa 150. I'm not sure what else this goes along with, because unless it's just a standalone race. I didn't see it in the TV listings. I didn't see it anywhere, and I had to go to the ARCA website to find this much of it out. It may be on MAV TV. I know it's an 8 o'clock race. But uh, Arca will run tonight in the Iowa 150. Corey Heim is the point leader. He's just ahead of Ty Gibbs in second, Thad Moffitt third, Nick, Chances, Nick Sanchez fourth, and Brad Smith uh, is fifth. Let's go to Indy. And Indianapolis will next run. And I'm talking to Deb about it. I can't wait for it. August 8th, the big machine Music City Grand Prix, which will be at 5.30 p.m. on NBCSN on the streets of Nashville, Tennessee, crossing that bridge and coming back across the bridge and going to be something to see, Ronnie. Well, I used to live in Nashville, and I don't see how they're going to do it. <laughs> well, they're going to, but what and I know they're see? going to. What don't you see? Just... Uh, Listen, there's so much traffic in downtown. Oh, they'll probably block off some streets. Yeah, I know that, but it's... They won't be out there with the taxis and the buses. Oh, no, no, I understand that, but it's going to cause so many traffic jams. Well... I wonder how they're going to get away with it. Well, well, well think about where they're going to park all the people. Yeah. Where they're going to park the rigs at. What they're going to call the pit area and stuff like that. Well, I got, I, mean, a, I got a hint. 
and I don't know this for a fact, but I've seen an overhead shot of the of the layout, and um, I think the facilities at Nissan Stadium, where the Tennessee Titans play, isn't too far away, and they. I would imagine, it's just across the river. Yeah, I would imagine they have a huge parking lot there, and I don't know if they'd let them drive out on the football field, but they might. Well, that's uh, a huge parking lot, but it's not covered in nothing. So these boys have got to bring up pop-up tents, all this other stuff, or uh, Walmart parking lot. Well, Big Machine <laughs> Music City Grand Prix is going to handle it. I promise you that. And uh, I can't wait to see it. And they'll have all that figured out, and uh, it'll be interesting to see the logistics of that. Um the point standings in IndyCar, Alex Palou is first, Patricio O'Ward is second, Scott Dixon is third, Joseph Newgarten is fourth, Marcus Erickson fifth, Simon Pagino is sixth, and he is the first of that group that hasn't won a race yet. Palou's won twice, O'Ward has won twice, Dixon, Newgarten, and Erickson have won once. Seventh is Colton Herta, who has a win. Eighth is Renus VK, who has a win. Ninth is Graham Rahal, who does not. And tenth is Takuma Sato, who does not either. And uh, so they've got another week to go before they get out there and run the streets of Nashville. And uh, my co-host here just can't see how they're going to do it. But they they will. Well, I'm definitely going to watch it. Oh, it'll be something to see. All right, let's take a break. Come back for our final segment. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. Low prices, big selection, quality customer service. That's Nissan of Greer. Get big savings on over 300 new Nissans. Shop our large selection of used vehicles, including Nissan certified pre-owned. Plus, we're the place for commercial fleets, for expert service. And if you need credit, come and get it. Ask about military, college grad, and mobility assist savings too. Hurry to Nissan of Greer today. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Clade 6447 details. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. River Falls Plantation, a Gary Player signature course, is open to the public. Membership opportunities are available, though, including family, corporate, and individual memberships. They offer a discounted membership for seniors over 60 and juniors under 30. But you heard me right. You don't have to be a member to play at the beautiful course at River Falls. Don't have time for a full 18? Why not nine for just $25 every Monday through Friday? Schedule your tee time today by calling 433-9192 or go online to riverfallsgolf.com. We are Fox Sports. The home of the Spartanburg Vikings is Fox Sports 1400. WSPG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. We can sum up McDonald's new crispy chicken sandwich in one word. Crispy, but also juicy and tender. Okay, it's crispy, juicy, tender. All one word. But then... 
also pickle. Oh, and potato bun, which is two words. Okay, we can't sum up our new crispy chicken sandwich in one word, so you'll just have to try it to understand it. Order ahead on the McDonald's app at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Silver Fox, I wrote it, and uh, Jay Sellers played all the instruments, <laughs> and he can pick a guitar. Boy, he knows whatever strings for. I tell you what, but he was uh, playing the bass, 
playing the drums, playing uh, playing everything. So uh, we did that back about what, 2008 or something like that. I don't remember. But uh, that, that CD was going to make me rich, and I'm still waiting. Well, <laughs> I will say that was my favorite off of it. Oh, good. I'm glad I picked it. I got... It's hard to get this thing to... It takes it forever to load. Yeah. So um, if we've got a tight show, I'm probably not going to be able to do it. But since we've got a, we got about 11 minutes to kill here, I can do some of it by telling you that Formula One ran last week. Did you see any of that? Because you texted me in the morning. I wasn't up yet. You said, are you watching F1? You're watching F1. Well, were you talking uh, about, are you talking about the Hamilton deal? Lewis Hamilton deal right there. He took a 10-second penalty. But guess what you get to do? You get to... You get to pit when your pit comes, and then they hold you 10 seconds in your pit. You do not have to serve that 10-second penalty just as soon as they issue it. Yeah. Well, so, uh, don't get me wrong. In Formula One, if you're out there, you, 10 seconds to a lead car, you know, when you come back out, you still within fifth. He's come out fifth, still in fifth place. Well, when you got a pit stop that only lasts two seconds anyway. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh... You don't lose much time in the pits, but if they hold you for 10, it, it does make a little difference. But now, I didn't, I watched the replay, but I fast-forwarded through a lot of it, so I didn't catch a lot of the comments. Was that for that dive bomb that he pulled on uh, um, Sebastian, was Vettel, wasn't it, right off the bat? Right off and the bat. on the they ninth was, turn of the first lap. They was aggressive there, I mean, but... Uh, Max for stopping, I'm sorry, the points yep. leader. Points leader. And... Uh, Hamilton just dove inside of him in that ninth turn. And uh, one guy I heard listening to it, I'm not sure which team he was affiliated with, but he said, I've been going to races for so many years, and that was a racing accident. And then they talked to somebody else about it, and he said, you know, uh, no, that was a reckless driving on Hamilton's part. And I, So I, that's where the 10-second penalty was? That's where the 10-second penalty Because it took Verstappen out. I mean, he finished yep. dead last because oh. of that, and Hamilton won. So it looks like Hamilton got the long end of the stick on that deal. Well, he uh, closed in on the points deal on him. And, he did. Uh, don't get me wrong. You take your comparator out, uh, you can do that. Well, he took him out. I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 it didn't look like uh, they showed it from 25 different angles, and it didn't look like Verstappen turned down into him. No, it showed it showed in car with Verstappen. Yeah. And he turned to the left and then turned back to the right. And I think that's what the pit steward said to El. We got we got called somebody wrong here. Well, I, they, they got it right, but he won anyway, and so maybe they should have penalized him a minute. You well, know, I he, don't know if he would have had to serve the penalty where he had to come down pit road right away, right away. Then he would have come back out a whole lot further back than when you know. Yeah, I'm telling you, folks. There's a lot of good racing out there. I mean, I I, I love it all, and I, I, Formula One's very. I mean, it is undoubtedly the most technical uh, of, of all the racing that they have. With the, the and really the, the quickest. Because every like minute movement sends that car so far, so fast, so quick. And, got a uh, steering wheel cost a million bucks. That's a pretty expensive car. And if you look at it, it's trickling down to NASCAR. Oh, yeah. Uh, you look at the pit boxes now, stuff like that. Yeah. That they have out on pit road. I noticed them whenever they had the rain flag delay. Yeah. And and they pulled the big pit boxes out there. And them things are huge now. Used to, you just used to see a Honda generator sitting on the ground keeping the oil coolers warm. Yeah. But now they got everything else out there trying to, 
the computer systems in these race cars now. And did you see that the, on those Formula One teams, those bank, that bank of people? I mean, it's just, uh, uh, must be 15 of them in a row all looking at doing something. I mean, I, it's just, how can you have that much? Well, the, you see need the, that many helpers. You see, the, lead, <laughs> the leader that whenever Hamilton come in had to serve his 10 seconds, the yeah. leader was out there, and he come in over to talk about having engine trouble, and they told him to go down to program six yeah. on, the, yeah. on, the, on the steering wheel, and that would cure his problem. So <laughs> when you can start doing that, it's not, I ain't going to say it's not racing. Well, it's racing, but it's, it's, a, it's racing, it's but a, a different little, level. Different level of racing. Um, the... Uh, uh, and you know, in NASCAR, you talk about uh, they got the the people in Concord telling them what to do at Daytona. So, well, we thought it was so technical a couple of years ago when they added the buttons for the driver to to shift his braking. Yeah, and then you got this million dollar steering wheel. They can fix a, a technical well, problem. Well, don't get me wrong. My brother and him at Action Motorsports, and uh, you heard Deb talk about yeah. them there in Denver and stuff. Uh, they got the computer systems to where they can tell exactly how much air pressure is in each tire. And they can tell the driver before the tire, even he starts feeling the tire going flat. Oh, I got we that got, on my got, Mustang. Yeah. It tells me how much air pressure is in each tire. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I had a blowout going to Charlotte one time when in my first Mustang when I, I wasn't used to all this technology. And uh, as I'm going up the exit 105 sideways with a flat left rear tire... Uh, my dashboard is saying catastrophic tire failure. And I'm like, thank you. No thanks for the info. <laughs> I'm in the middle of it. Okay, Formula One, Lewis Hamilton won the race second, and that was with the Mercedes. Second was Roger, uh, was Charles Leclerc, and that's who I was really pulling for. Because I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while since Ferrari won, and I've always sort of pulled for Ferrari. Third was Valtteri Bottas, and that's uh, Hamilton's uh, Mercedes teammate. Fourth was Lando, and that was your podium. Fourth was Lando Norris in the McLaren. Fifth was Daniel Ricciardo in the McLaren. Sixth was uh, Carlos Sainz in a Scudia Ferrari. Seventh was uh, Fernando Alonso in the Alpine F1 team. Eighth uh, was uh, Lance Stahl in Aston Martin. Ninth, Esteban Ocon in the Alpine. And tenth was Yuki Tsunoda. Easy for you to say. And a Honda. Um, I will look down here and tell you that Verstappen, the point leader, did finish dead last. He only made it to the ninth turn before he got taken out. But the Haas, Ural Kali, easy for me to say, too. <laughs> this is the team that's a mile from Deb's house in yeah. Annapolis. Haas, Ural Kali, Formula One. Uh, Mick Schumacher, whose father's one of the all-time greatest Formula One drivers ever. A lot of people still tell you he's the greatest. Um, was 18th. And Nikita Mazepin finished ahead of him. They were both a lap behind in 17th and 18th. The last two cars running. So, uh, it's like I told Deb. It'd be nice if they start passing people. Thank you, Greg. Greg's passing out the ball tickets. They do something that, that we have never even considered doing, I think, over here. You mentioned the top three finishers. That's your podium. Yeah. In our races, if you're not first, you're last. Well, I don't know if they can always get three of them up there standing that close to each other. <laughs> and uh, Greg said for a long time he wished they did the podium. And I wish they waved. Of course, Indy does, doesn't do the podium. But uh, anyway, 
it, it, it's, that's good the way that I like the way anyways two checkered flags. We got about three minutes here. Max Verstappen is still leading the points by eight points over Lewis Hamilton. Lando Norris is third. He's a whopping seventy-two back. So I think we. But there's a lot of races left. These guys raced to almost Christmas. Valtteri Bottas is fourth. Sergio Perez is fifth. We'll stop right there, so I'll have plenty of time to touch on um, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. They race again next on that November, on the November, on October 8th, August 8th. I'll get it right in a minute. When everybody else will really be back in full, full swing of things at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin at Road America. And it's called the IMSA Sports Car Weekend. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Uh, I don't think that's just the sports cars. I fall into that trap every week. But this should also be the Daytona prototypes and Felipe Nasser. And uh, Pipo Durrani are fifth and sixth, which is actually that team is third, uh, looking at it that way. And they have got just a real good chance to to um, get up there with plenty of races left to catch Ricky Taylor and Philippe Albuquerque, who are first. And third is Olivier Jarvis and Harry Tinknell. So that does it. I got it all covered and even played a little music and uh, did an old silent speedway. And we got two minutes left. Ronnie? Well, I'm kind of looking forward to having a Saturday off next week, but I'm going to miss coming in, too. So, Well, I enjoy it. You notice I didn't uh, have any TV to go over because there's not any. <laughs> there's nothing, really nothing on. Alan? So it would be a good night to get out of here and watch your local racing. It uh, Got a big show going on at Cherokee Speedway and got another show going on up at Harris Speedway. So uh, just let Greg back in the door, and it's still kind of cloudy overcast, so it's not too hot out there. So good day to cut grass. Be a good day to cut, cut grass and get on over to the racetrack. There you go. Greg? Yep. It, good, a, good good, guest today. Thank you very much. Oh, and, uh, Harry, Harry's always good. Take a week off, and uh, I tell you, I talked to Neil Castle's son, so we may have him on in a couple of weeks and tell us about great. how things are going in Hollywood, but you did a great job again, buddy. Well, I, I appreciate it, and, and Harry's a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, like I say, I was the only person ever had him hired for four hours, but I wish I could have hired him. But <laughs> anyway, it got him a it got him a raise from school. Well, he but, ran a lot of cars from Spartanburg. I never knew about. I never would have known he drove it drove uh, Hilton and Hilton's car and Frazan's car and stuff. But I do the only thing I'm saying that's all I'm gonna say. I do remember like in 1973, I remember one of the crew members saying, "There's a guy by the name of Harry. he called him Gent. He didn't know how to say Gant." <laughs> There's a Harry Gent that's going to be coming in here in about a week. Well, he came in. Uh, and when he comes in, he said he's going to be bad to the bone. Well, he was correct. But that was back in like 1973. But, uh, yeah, Harry's a good guy, heck of a race driver, and a lot of fun to talk to. Yep, and we'll have him on every year. He's uh, got to gotta keep a good rapport with these guys and keep up with them. Keep their names out there. I think Harry's got a chance to get in the Hall of Fame someday. Uh, I'm not sure if he's on the ballot right now. He should be. He should be, but I think he's got a chance to get in there. And um, that was a good show. We're going to take a week off. We'll be back in two weeks and have, uh, have a lot to talk about. We appreciate everybody listening this morning. Glad we could entertain you for a couple of hours. Natalie, get our table ready. We're on the way. And in the meantime, keep it between the fences. See you in a couple of weeks.
been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Listen to our programming anywhere on the web at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports 1400, WSBG Spartanburg.